guest, Dr. John Connolly with you. Dr. Connolly is the creator of Rapid Resolution Therapy, of which has been beyond transformative for both me personally, as well as professionally for my clients. And I'm so honored to share our conversation with you today. So Dr. John Connolly shares what exactly is Rapid Resolution Therapy and why it is more effective. He also takes me through my own session that was so quick, so easy and painless, of course. And it was so cool to experience his wizardly ways and to share this magic and medicine with you, my beautiful community, and for you to experience our RT through my lens and we also touched on his nonprofit of which he is beyond passionate about that supports individuals who have experienced sexual assault so i want to forewarn you before diving in dropping in with us that we do speak on uh, sexual trauma rape and child abuse and so I just want to put that forth to forewarn you as a trigger warning. So if you feel inclined to drop in with us, I highly invite you to do so. It was a beautiful conversation and I feel clear and free from what he supported me with in today's session. So let's get dropped in, shall we? I'm so excited to be with you, Megan. I'm flooded with shivers and I, on my podcast, I refer to that as soul's truth. And you came into my world around this time last year. And, you know, I've done a lot of work over the years in terms of healing through the loss of my father. And, but for some reason, every year I, you know, I, I would put his anniversary date in my calendar. I would say, to myself, you know, be extra kind with yourself this month. There was a lot of things leading up to his passing, and yet I still felt stuck. And so that's yeah. how that's how RRT came into my world, and um, why I was so fascinated about learning more about it. Um, the anniversary of his passing. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And um, so you address some of that through this lens, and how. Um, how is it now? Would you say that there's a difference? Is it all clear? I would say it is, it has created a significant difference. And, you know, I'll know more on his actual anniversary, which is July 30th. But right now, I feel clear and free, which is such a blessing, beyond a blessing. Well, I'm so, I'm so glad that you um, uh, jumped in and and benefited from that. And I'm also excited that you have jumped into not only experiencing this process personally, but um, I know that you're also uh, have, have enrolled in studying how this works so it can become something you apply to others. And I'm certainly honored to have you on the team. 
I am obsessed with rapid resolution therapy. It has played such a significant role in my life, as I shared, and you know, witnessing what I've been able to support my clients with through the process. And as I mentioned, you're in my ears all day, every day. I'm obsessed with learning the technique and uh, and so, so excited to continue my studies with the hypnotherapy aspect of it as well. So, so for those listening who aren't familiar with rapid resolution therapy, can you share a little bit about it and why it is so effective? Um, well, sure. Um, people um, who are uh, looking to um, create uh, uh, shifts and improvements in the way that they have been feeling or thinking or acting or e or reacting uh, have uh, numerous uh, possibilities in terms of what to do to cause that. And um, I think um, that what we're offering is um, it is interesting and significantly different from what people are uh, used to, either from uh, practitioners in the uh, mental health field or even those in uh, doing uh, coaching or, or metaphysical approaches to, um, to, to shift. And I think there are, there are lots of differences between what um, people are learning from me and what they and what what's out there um uh and, and one difference is that if i'm meeting with somebody and now that you're uh training with me as you move into being an rrt facilitator as you're meeting with somebody megan one significant difference is that in the RRT world, if I'm having a meeting with you and I'm the facilitator, you getting better is fully my responsibility. And if you um, do, hooray. And if not, um, that was on me. And then it becomes would be interesting to me to figure out, okay, if I couldn't, if I didn't have the skill to make a difference in this gal's life, what can I do to connect her with what will be of, um, of value? And much more often than that, thank goodness, um, we are um, kind of batting it out of the park. But we're not, we're certainly not telling um, the person that we didn't have the skill to assist that it was her fault because she was resistant or not motivated enough or the other um, rather lame excuses that people in both coaching and mental health um, apply in order to blame the person that they weren't useful to rather than take responsibility themselves. That's one, uh, that's one difference. Uh, another difference is that I'm, um, uh, understanding what's going on with people from a different vantage point. The, um, the, there are a number of ways that are more common and usual that people apply to themselves and others 
one of those is by typing that person. Psychologists have a whole book filled with types called the DSM. I think it's up to number five. Uh, and so if you see a psychologist or other mental health professional or a psychiatrist, um, you um, are likely to be told that you are one of those and have some of this. Um, uh, but not only people in the mental health uh, world type people, people in the astrology world type people, don't they? So, okay, you're a Gemini and you've got uh, this thing rising um, or what have you. So it, it, with that point of view, if we think of the seven dwarfs, and you ask somebody, why do you think grumpy is so grumpy? They're probably going to tell you because he's grumpy. Um, and so we understand people by typing them and then perhaps uh, providing some ways to tell them the type of person that they are and then giving them some strategy to cope with that. But these types, when it's applied by people, in the mental health field are all illnesses or disorders. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is that that's um, what they get paid for. So if a, um, if a counselor wants to be reimbursed for her meetings with you, she's likely to diagnose you and the diagnosis will be suggesting that something is wrong with you, think illness or disorder. And the reason that that's significant is the, the, the pay, the, perts, the, the group paying would be uh, medical insurance. And medical insurance doesn't pay to get people to have better lives. It pays in order to treat illnesses. Um, so um, that, that understanding based on type is one way. A second way people seem to understand things is situationally. Why, why is she so nervous uh, on her date? He seems like such a kind guy and so gentle. And someone says, well, she was assaulted on a date with somebody previously. Oh, now I see why she's nervous today. Mm -hmm. uh, a situation that had happened or a situation that is happening explains the emotion. That's a second very common way of understanding people. And the third common way of understanding people is through applying credit, blame, pride, or shame to that understanding. So the reason that you did that is because you're so gracious. And the reason he did it is because he's so selfish. Mm. And um, and you just kept charging in spite of what was going on because you're so courageous. But he ran back because he's a coward. So mm. that's, um, that's another very common way of understanding um, what's going on. Why is that person um, talking loudly on her cell phone and um, annoying us while we're trying to eat in this restaurant. 
answer is, oh, because she's inconsiderate or she's self-centered or she's rude or what have you. So the um, so so that's kind of like both typing and also moralistically evaluating. Those are the ways that that are commonly done when I'm hearing about somebody who is um, experiencing some kind of emotional turmoil or um, perhaps a stuckness in terms of thinking or behavior, I'm thinking about this is happening because of the way that person's mind is processing information that that's happening outside of conscious awareness. They're not consciously doing it. They couldn't therefore decide to consciously not do it, but with the understanding that I'm developing on how mind works and how it responds to, then it would come up to, it would be up to me to do it. For instance, somebody comes in and says, um, I know my, my career would be enhanced if I did more uh, public speaking, but the fear of public speaking is getting in my way. Uh, well, then it would be my job to connect and adjust that person's mind so that public speaking was no longer fearful. Mm -hmm. Or let's say somebody says, I'm in a situation and th this individual does these things that just cause me to be enraged and, and I can't get them to stop and I can't leave this situation. Um, but my doctor tells me that my blood pressure is going way up and I'm working on an ulcer and tells me I better stop walking around being so pissed off. I don't know how to shift that because what's happening is so wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, then in that situation, I'd be saying, well, would it be all right for you to be all right? And if not, we figure out how to get it all right. And then after it is all right, that is adjusted. It's tweaked. It's tweaked from outside. I don't think it's easily tweaked from inside. So this is not a self-help technique. I, I think that I don't have any um, uh, formal training in massage therapy, but I think I could give most massage therapists a better back rub than they could give themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, so I believe from outside, we can shift things going on within others when they have that um, desire. So in the RRT community, people are learning how to do that for others, but they're also quite motivated to do it and to benefit from it being done for selves and other people in the community. So folks are constantly um, adjusting and tuning up um, uh, other people's minds who are doing that for them. I also think people can do um, probably a much better job getting other people's minds to be clear when they are themselves not troubled and triggered by things that are being said. So we, we really um, make sure 
to provide people who are learning to assist others with the opportunity to do so with their own minds um, are clear and um, and what have you. So that those are those are a couple of differences. Another difference is um, uh, generally psychotherapy takes a long time and is painful, and the results are uh, dubious. Uh, um, the uh, process of rapid resolution is much, 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 much faster. And um, people are surprised to find that it is um, uh, painless and um, that the results are, uh, are there and they're there immediately and they're in, they're in a big and definite way. So um, those are some those are some differences, Megan. Gosh, you know we're kind of talking about it this way and that way. You're asking me such great questions, um, and I I'm so pleased that you um, have me here. And I'm wondering if there's anything that um, could um, be directed at benefiting you personally, because I think that would be um, uh, uh, wonderful for your um, listeners. It's kind of like there are two zoos, and the one you go to and they talk to you about tigers, and the other one you go to and they show you a tiger. Come to think of it, I'm not much in favor of zoos. So that was <laughs> an unfortunate metaphor. But I mean, would you rather, would you rather hear about it or see one. So mm -hmm. since we're together, if there's anything that you personally might like to address with me that would be benefiting you, I think that would be um, uh, perhaps really good for you. But I'd want you to know, I think it would be probably the best gift you could give your um, uh, uh, lovely uh, listeners as well. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for the generous gift. I will receive it. Um, so one area that I'm feeling stuck in in my life currently is that I am working on scaling my business. And I'm feeling very stuck in terms of it's it's been a challenge for me how to ask for help. And so now when I am bringing on new team members, I just keep feeling that's easier for me to do it myself. And this has been a good, common theme in my life. Good job. And the and the and so if we look at it with realistically, um, it probably is easier to for you to do it yourself rather than to um, uh, teach somebody else how to. It would um, it's it's easier for me to work with you than teach this guy how to work with you the way I would. Um, mm -hmm. So why even get anybody involved? Well, because even though it would take longer to cause that person to come up to speed to where um, his or her work would be pleasing to you, um, once you've got that, then that's operating without your direct input. So you are then getting more and more uh, done. Um, and, and, and of course, I didn't just tell you anything that you don't already 
totally know. So the, the thing that's interesting is since you do know all that and you get how it's advantageous, um, something's been causing some kind of impasse or stuckness there. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, as you think about getting other people to do things for you or for your mission, as you think about doing that, can you sense or feel any kind of reluctance? Yes. And as you feel the reluctance, um, just feel it for a moment. There we go. Can we think, Megan, that the thing you're feeling is something that your mind has been causing? Yes. Can we think that mind has been causing it, but not where you have conscious awareness or can direct things? Yes. Just like your mind is causing things to go on with circulation and digestion, you're not consciously involved in those processes. Um, but mind has been doing something that's causing this um, uh, feeling. Um, and um, I believe it has to do with the way it's processing certain information. And I think the information may be incoming, but also may be stored. And I think that we um, uh, are, are likely to have mind attach some kind of meaning to it because people have been explaining things that way to us from the time we were children in terms of meaning. Most of the meanings would fit into what I'm thinking of as moralistic thought, explaining behavior based on credit, blame, pride, shame. Um, so can we think that it's your mind that's causing this thing? Yes. Not you, your mind. Mm -hmm. Outside of your conscious awareness, your mind. You, um, you just cause that um, for a moment, cause it for a moment more, cause the feeling for a moment, that's, and then tell me, are there thoughts that accompany this um, feeling? The feeling has been, I don't know, maybe, well, you can tell me, my guess was some kind of fear, uh, but I, I'm wondering what what thoughts accompany that. What is the feeling fear that you? It's definitely fear of not being understood and fear of being misunderstood, but then it also brings forth a feeling of overwhelm. Uh-huh. Um, so this fear so let's get back to it the fear was about you causing somebody else to do things for you yes so the yeah it, it's the it, it feels overwhelming and asking for help it just feels like it's easier for me to do um so if we were having dinner together and and the table was kind of large and the pepper was right by me and you kind of wanted it. Gosh, how would you handle that? <laughs> I could ask well, for you to maybe pass the call pepper. a coach. <laughs> call a coach. Call a friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you handle it? I could ask you to please pass the pepper. There you go. So this is something that you actually know how to do and have successfully done in many occasions. 
correct. Um, so you've got it down. We would like to tune it so that you have it, so that what you know how to do anyway, you can apply to this. Mm -hmm. So yes. one concern was, one concern you mentioned was a concern about not being understood. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's see if that's really it. So think of a, think of something you would like someone to do. For, now, think of something that would be beneficial to have somebody else doing for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then let's say there's this gal sitting with you and she says, Megan, it would be good for me if I could do things for you. Would you tell me about what you'd like done? Well, see, she's done that. What do you sense at this point? Uh, it sounds good. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So the feeling is okay. This sounds good. Yep. Um, so as you think about explaining to her what she what you'd like to have her do, and think of a specific thing that if it was being done for you, um, it would open up more time and give you more energy for other things. Mm -hmm. I'm sensing, Megan, that there are things that you do that it would be really difficult for you to teach somebody else to do the way you want it done. Yeah. And I'm sensing that those things are things you'd even probably prefer to do because mm -hmm. you have a unique talent in doing them. And I think that you looking at the, 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 the business can think of some things that it would be all right with you if it was just done for you. You don't think you're the only one that could do this thing well, mm -hmm. quite in the same way. Yes. And and, it, and this thing is kind of a thing that supports your mission rather than something you feel deeply invested in doing. Mm -hmm. Something like that come to mind? Yep. Okay. Then think of ex describing that overall to her. Mm -hmm. Think of telling her that you're your interest is in whether this is something she'd be good with assisting with. But say she says, oh, yes. And then you have just become a teacher because this is something you know how to do. She doesn't know how to do. Mm -hmm. Let's say you then um, say, um, let's start with you just watching me. I'm just going to do this thing a bit. And then you've done that. And she says, Okay, I, I see what you're doing. I don't fully understand why you did each of the moves you just made. And then you say, um, Yes, and, and I'd like to explain those things to you, so that you understand the cause for it, and the reason it matters. And then I'd like to show you piece by piece how to do it. Like I'll model it and then you do what you see me do and then I'll tweak it a bit because um, that's what my job is so that you can do that more and more 
um, uh, closely to the way that I would like you to. And she says, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. um, as you're now within this thing with me, catch up to that. Imagine that's just taken place. Mm -hmm. um, and are you noticing, um, uh, what are you noticing emotionally? Um, it feels, it feels better. It doesn't feel as overwhelming. Um, yeah. Ah, so, um, does it feel somewhat overwhelming, but not as overwhelming? You said yes. it doesn't seem as overwhelming. It doesn't seem as overwhelming. Yeah. But somewhat overwhelming. Yeah. It's, it's just the piece where it's like, you know, if I do it, then, then it's just job is done rather than explaining what I'm doing. Okay, teach you but what the I'm reason doing. you're all into that is because you get that that's um, an immediate investment in time and energy that begins to quickly return on that investment. Yes. Um, I mean, if we send people over to 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 clean your home, um, you 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 might um, um, have to do things like say, well, this is the bedroom. I'd like you to change the linen and do things like this, and throw any of this into there and take care of that like that. And you wouldn't have to do that if you just did it yourself. Yeah. But you might be willing to tell somebody make my bed instead of making it. Yes, very much oh. so. We just had cleaners leave just minutes ago. So, so there, again, you can do this. Mm -hmm. You do do it. You do it regularly, mm -hmm. and it doesn't feel overwhelming. No. So now apply it to this component of what this person will be doing to support your um, your your work. Mm-hmm. And so you've explained it to her. Now you show her, and now you talk to her about those pieces. And you could have already had the thing done. Mm -hmm. And so it slowed it down because you're causing it to be that you won't have to do it. Correct. You know, maybe there's a certain way you like your eggs scrambled. And it would be a whole lot easier for you to just do that than explain that. But if you explain that a couple of times, then you can say, hey, George, make some eggs for me. And, and that'll be easier than making them on your own. Mm -hmm. Third time. But the first time, it would be harder. Yeah. But you know that, and you accommodate to that, and you do that all the all, all kinds of places. So now think of doing it with this. And so you've explained that. And then you watch her. And she's got some of what you gave her instructions on, but some of it didn't go all the way in with understanding that translates into action. Can you coach her on how to uh, do that more smoothly? Yes. Does that feel overwhelming? No. So as you think now about this um, concern 
about um, about finding and setting people up to be doing those things that you really want done, but you don't feel that much of an investment in doing. Mm -hmm. For instance, you could have probably called somebody and said, hey, I have a, um, a podcast interview with this guy a little later, and I just thought I would like to take a shower instead, and will you do it for me? And you can find somebody who would say, sure, I'll talk, talk to him and what, make a recording. Yeah, I know how to do that. Um, but that you're not so interested in giving up. No. <laughs> but there are other stuff you don't have the same lust, if you will, for. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you would very be much so. Like, yeah, you can, you can, um, you you can do that for me. So as as you look at it now, can you find any kind of hesitancy? No. Not for that situation, no. Can you find hesitancy in thinking of asking someone to do work for you? Not in the not in the work that doesn't bring me joy. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, well, that's the work you're probably not looking to do more of and <laughs> would be looking to do a lot less of. Yes. And the work that doesn't give you joy, I'm also sensing, Megan, is work that would be much easier for somebody to learn than what does give you joy. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so now as you think about that, think about applying what we just did to another aspect of your business. Okay. And how would that be? It feels good. It, there's still a bit of overwhelm there, but I think it's it's my own overwhelm. It's not well, delegating. Well, of course, it's yours. But <laughs> what, so as you think about doing that with this next aspect of business, mm -hmm. are you thinking of, so you know what that aspect is. Mm -hmm. You know what you've had to do. Mm-hmm. You know what you'd like done for you. Mm -hmm. um, so then think of someone um, who you either do know or you just make it up and he or she uh, is eager to please you in order to continue um, a, a, a relationship where, where, where there is compensation mm -hmm. and maybe because it's interesting work, but let's even say just because it's compensated. So now um, this thing that you just thought of, can you, would you grab a piece of it that you think could be taught first? Yes. Would it be all right to do that piece? Yes. Does that feel overwhelming? No. Okay. So let's say you've done that piece. Mm -hmm. And okay, we got that done. Would another piece come to mind then? Yep. Okay. And think about that piece for a moment and how you already know how to do it, but you're going to teach this individual to do it. Yeah. Does that seem overwhelming? No. 
then as you look at your um, teaching this person step by step to do everything that would be done within this thing to support you, would that be overwhelming? Not anymore. You mentioned a fear of being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. So as you think about explaining this to this person, does it feel scary that they might not understand? No, it doesn't feel scary. Um, so what would you do if somebody said, well, Megan, I follow you so far, but I don't get what you said there. Uh, how, how exactly would you want me to do that for you? Would, would that be scary? Nope. Okay. So <laughs> as you check now for this issue, can you uh, find any of the fear or concern about overwhelm that had been there? Nope. Okay. Well, congratulations. You certainly did a, um, a great job of um, quickly um, um, kind of moving your own mind at all levels into um, a, a an even um, well I, I, I you've tuned it for, so that one you're going to get a whole lot more done mm -hmm. but I also see it tuned so that you're also going to be having significantly more fun mm -hmm. so it's like getting done and having fun and thirdly, what I'm seeing with that is this becomes more significantly more lucrative because your time is spent only with those things that you really can't effectively turn over mm -hmm. and don't have any desire to turn over. It's interesting. They both are in the same pile. <laughs> Look at those things that would be... Um, that you wouldn't want to turn over. And now look at those things that would be hard to turn over. Mm -hmm. And aren't they the same things? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if they're hard to do that. You weren't planning to do it anyway. No reason to. But turning over those things that, that you don't really have a passion to continue to personally do. Mm -hmm. Um then now is possible step by step. So congratulations, you got a whole lot done um, uh, quite quickly there, my friend. You are a wizard. Thank you. Oh, it's kind of you to say that. But I mean, I just asked you a few questions and you worked it all out. Yeah. Now Good I just have to pass the, pass the pepper. Yeah. Um, well, Okay, so if we look at what happened, um, what would happen with a different person working with you? Um, it might go something like this. I have feelings of overwhelm that prevent me from doing certain aspects of my job and fears that I won't be understood. Mm -hmm. So where might that go? Um, 
gee, um, that that certainly sounds unpleasant. How long has that been happening for you, Megan? And then the next question would be, I understand it's been happening in your work life, but I wonder if in your romantic relationships, whether you found ever that if this person was to do this for you, it would be good. But was there ever a reluctance to ask for something personal that would be really sweet if that person did it, but there's a little, yeah, I see. Yeah. So it's really not just about your work, is it? No. There's something about you that seems to be broken, that mm -hmm. you can't, can't ask for things personally, you can't ask for things in your business. Mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, you know what, I'm sensing something about your friendships, not romantic, but just like a friend. And, and, and sometimes, you know, if that friend would just do this a little bit differently, perhaps, or maybe that, it would be even so much easier to be that person's friend and, and what have you. But I bet you haven't always just asked. No, I haven't. No. So it's even deeper than we thought. You see, it has to do with your business life is, you know, there's something wrong with you. And your romantic life, there, there's certainly something wrong with you. And, and, and even your friendships that are platonic mm -hmm. are, are not working very well either. Yeah. Um, how far back does it seem to go that you've noticed these kinds of dysfunctions? Very, like when, when I was a little girl, I just didn't oh, ask. So it goes all the way back. Ask for help. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm I'm wondering if there was ever a time you wanted help from one of your parents and they just weren't. Yeah. Maybe they were too busy, but it still hurt you as a child, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So how did our first meeting go? Uh, <laughs> we'll see you um, on uh, Thursday because we want to get a little deeper into how your own mother disappointed you. Because, I mean... I know you love her, but she wasn't always there, was she? No. No, and that's what we have to get to. See you later. So I just gave a comparison of, of one as opposed to another method of doing things. The one that I just sort of reenacted. Secondly, we could get deeply involved in that. I mean, deeply involved, meaning maybe a couple hours a week over maybe the next uh, 13, 14 years. Um, yeah. And I bet you'd have a pretty good understanding at the end of that as to why your love life and your friendships and your business is all screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're resistant. Of course, and it's really up to you. So, yeah, and it's all my fault. Well, you know, if you, I mean, it certainly isn't my fault. You don't, <laughs> you know, if you're not willing to do the work. Um, so, I'm I'm sort of playing with two 
very different ways of approaching stuff. I don't really like that second way. No. I don't like that you or anyone would be subjected to it. And I don't think, as I tease that thing out, that um, I, 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 my own reaction as the audience listening to what I was doing was, this is freaking bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't thinking it was unusual. No. Um, it's like going to some country where everybody eats with chopsticks and thinking, this is bizarre. Oh, uh, well, but it sure isn't unusual. <laughs> uh, that's how, you know, that's how that's being done. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter if I think it would be easier to eat with a big freaking spoon <laughs> and try to pick up things with two tiny sticks. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, there's a pile of rice. I'm going to give you two sticks. I'm going to use a shovel. Uh, uh, let's see who can move that thing <laughs> more quickly. Of course, my Asian friend will say, yes, John, we understand you can pile junk into your gut faster than us, and we're not so sure that's a big benefit, which is why we really like doing it this way, you jerk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what whatever my friend um what else can can i um answer for you if anything at all um anything else you'd like us to touch on while we're together this has been so much fun i sure hope it's not our last it has uh, been fun but now i don't feel very good about bringing up all the relationship stuff <laughs> what whatever would would show up yeah no yeah it's just uh it's it is that fear of asking for help when i was younger for sure and that's gone so mm -hmm. that's cool and i wonder if there was anything else that you would like not necessarily personally but even in terms of what you might want me to speak about in order to um give your wonderful listeners more uh, information about this mm -hmm. process. Yes. Well, two things. One being, I just want to thank you for your advocacy for the sexual violence and for your nonprofit. Uh, I am a survivor and I just, I'm so passionate about, about helping others in that area. And I'm very curious as to what inspired you to start your nonprofit. I, um, so I, I, after college, I ended up um, with my first job being well, a, 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 what was called a child protective service worker. That meant um, that it would come to me if there was an allegation uh, alleging abuse or neglect of a child that might have been physical abuse, you know, kids being burnt uh, or, or cut up. And it might be um, weird sexual stuff that the child is being subjected to. Or it might just be 
that nobody's bothering to feed or provide medical care. Um, so that was that was my job first. And, um, you know, I was supposed to like knock on the door and say, hey, you know, um, we have an allegation that you've been kind of, you know, messing around a little with your little 13-year-old's uh, uh, body and thought we could have a, a good, you know, heart-to-heart -heart on this. And then I want to check with her and see how she's doing. This scared the bejesus out of me to knock on the door and say something like that to some, some person who was absolutely not pleased to see me. Mm -hmm. um, so... Um, but but I got a sense as to the horrors that are going on, and from there I I I got my next position was um, at a uh, residential program for short term residential program short term residence for runaway throwaway kids from like twelve through up to their eighteenth birthday, and. Um, you know, uh, as I'm working with that, I'm thinking, wow, these are the kids I didn't get to in the last job because they grew up and a bunch of them just ran away from home. And you know that that's not a cool thing to be 14 years old and, you know, living on the street. Um, but the, what, what I recognized was in a, a lot of the situations, that was a pretty good move even though it was an awful move, because what they were running away from um, was good to be away from, no matter what it brought you into, just about. So I then got um, a lot of info about how um, really disturbing things would, could happen to children and affect them through their lives. Then I started looking into, okay, what what is being done for people who have experienced um, uh, childhood sexual abuse or sexually assaulted even as a grown-up or or what happened? What, 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 what are we doing for those folks? And as I started to pay attention, to what was being offered in terms of treatment, I realized that the treatment offered for these issues was um, most often extraordinarily painful, uh, took a long time, and usually wasn't effective. So then I thought, well, look at this thing. So she got um, raped repeatedly as an 11-year-old, and now she's going to go into a treatment process which is in and of itself abusive, ineffective, and, and basically she's going to be told that the reason that she's still troubled about what happened is she hasn't been troubled enough yet and encouraged to, to go back into experiencing those things, but feel the pain more deeply so that it can be expressed more completely. Um, 
and 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 it's so I couldn't I I mean I didn't have anything I could think of that I could do to stop like rapes well I did do what I could to stop rapes I started doing a lot of work with the police and and meeting with um uh sex crime victims in order to not just soothe that for them, but also get the information that they could use to get these guys off the street. Mm. And I was excited to have that show up and and to be credited with um, assisting in the uh, apprehension and conviction of a serial rapist and a bunch of other people. So I was doing that. Okay, but that's a distraction from what I'm trying to talk to you about, which is I recognized when people went through those kinds of things that the experience was painful and not infrequently, I don't know what you'll think of this, not infrequently, the treatment seemed to be worse than the assault. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's not my opinion, but that's what I would hear. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I was raped, uh, but something worse happened to me. What was that? Going in treatment for being raped. Yeah. Um, that sounds almost unbelievable, but when you think about how the um, uh, people are, are, are going to war and crawling through mud and dirt and getting eaten by bugs and shot at, and they do that, but then when we say, well, now you're back home and hooray, and let's just provide you with treatment, um, a whole lot of them say, oh, no, I would not subject myself to that. Mm -hmm. So there we have again. I mean, I, I'll crawl through the mud and risk getting shot, but I'm not going to spend an hour a week with some social worker uh, because it is... I can do this. I won't do that. I mean, it's more. It seems like it, 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 I'm being told it's more unpleasant. Yeah. Um. So that occurred to me. I, you know, I couldn't do it. I, I. Well, I did what I could to make sex crime stop, but that's you know, one teardrop of an ocean. But I thought maybe what I can do is um, create a way that the treatment wasn't as bad or worse than the issue. And then I was able to figure out how to clear sexual trauma um, quickly and painlessly. Mm -hmm. um, but um, th then I, I thought, well, a, a lot of the folks I'm running into who've had these kinds of issues um, don't have the financial wherewithal to pay for any kind of treatment, much less expert treatment. Mm -hmm. And so I said, that's, that's the mission. So mm -hmm. I created a nonprofit called Institute for Survivors of Sexual Violence. And the purpose of that organization is to provide um, uh, treatment for those who have been um, uh, assaulted and to provide it without any um, compensation uh, so that um, people could, um, um, could could have that available. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we, we do 
a bunch of stuff for folks who that has happened to, but we don't, we don't ever, uh, that organization, ISSV, doesn't charge uh, folks uh, for that. And, and that was, that was significant to me. And I, 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 I was really interested in causing something like that to exist. I feel very grateful that I've had the um, opportunity to do that. But um, again, you know, what have I really done but, but take another spoonful out of the ocean? Uh, so I, 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 I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to do what I've been doing, but I'm certainly not content. Um, I, I, I know that there's so much suffering that we could clear Mm -hmm. and prevent I mean, so much. Um, and what we're able to touch so far is, 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 is so tiny. It's kind of like if you figured, oh, I just invented the cure for AIDS. And, and I'm excited because somebody came by yesterday and, and I, I gave them some of that and somebody else might come by this week. Mm. Well, you probably wouldn't be thinking and isn't that cool? You'd be thinking, wait a minute, what about Africa? What about South America? What about Australia? What, what about Europe? What about Eastern Europe? What about this freaking thing? How can I be okay mm. with it until we get it all out there? So I'm certainly not okay with what's been accomplished, no. but I'm grateful for what we've been able to accomplish. And I'm... Um, um uh very committed to getting much much more done than we have um and um it starts even with I've, now i have beautiful you enrolled in a training program you'll learn those uh skills and we're gonna one of the things we insist on when people train is i want you to you be really well compensated for something that you'll have um, a great skill in doing, but I'll also ask you to do it for nothing um, and 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 probably quite a bit because I want to make sure that we provide services to those who need them most and those who need them most probably aren't wealthy. Yeah, I was just going to share, I mean, my skin's crawling and you are just such a gift and such a blessing and I can't thank you enough for the work that you're doing and the ripple effect that you are creating and when I become an RRT specialist I would be honored to volunteer for your nonprofit. I'm going to put that out into the vortex it would well, be we, an absolute honor yes and, and I will too so those two intentions come together mm -hmm. and generate further energy and I know that's going to happen with you I know it's going to happen you're going to rise to the top and you're going to be offering uh, a wonderful service and be um, exceptionally well compensated for it other than when you're doing it for free. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I like um, for me and for you that um, um, it, it's sort of modeled after Robin Hood um and although i would certainly like those who can easily do it to 
compensate you well because you definitely have um, uh, a, a skill that's worth paying for. At the same time, I want to make sure that that goes out to people who, um, who, who wouldn't be able to compensate you at all. Um, I'm already doing that. Yeah, I, I, I can tell that you are and we'll get you even more uh, prepared to offer a greater gift. Hey, it was amazing, Megan, to be with you. I could mention briefly that this thing we're doing is, is, is pretty unusual and not familiar for people. One way to get a glimpse of it is I do um, free groups on a regular basis called Solutions. Anybody can come, it's free, and you can raise your hand and address any kind of issue or just watch other people do that. Mm -hmm. That way you get a chance to step into this without any financial commitment or any other kind of commitment. You just can look, see while it's going on and decide if it's something that would value be valuable for you. If it is, we have various ways of offering you things that can significantly change your life. Um, and uh, some of them are, um, are uh, absolutely free. And people are telling me are making a significant um, uh, difference. So people might like to check out uh, solutions. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of books that are available on Amazon, one called um, life-changing conversations. And the other one is about grief. It's called Grief is Not Sacred. And um, that might be interesting to um, some folks. They're very inexpensive because we wanted to, you know, um, not look on to really make, get rich selling books, but we'd like to get the, the word out. So I want to, you know, I've read them both, cover the both, printing. Both incredible. You, you read them? Yes. That both of them. Both of them. Wow. I'm yeah. So There's no joke when I say you're in my ears or in my eyes all day, every day. I'm obsessed with learning RRT. And so, yeah. Well, we're so lucky to have you, dear. Thank you for giving me a chance to be with you and your wonderful listeners. I'd be happy to do more and more and more should you ask us. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for dropping in with me today. If you loved this episode, I would be forever grateful if you took the time to leave a five-star rating and a review. And if you feel called to share this episode on your social media, please tag me so I can thank you personally. Until next time, I cannot wait to get dropped in with you on Dropped In.